the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. The number of people who had two different names in the Bible uh, is quite a list. It's pretty good. You know that Jacob would later be called Israel. Matter of fact, Abram was Abram before he is Abraham. Sarah was, that was her name before it was Sarah. But in the New Testament, you have Saul come in Paul, Simon, and then Peter. But also in Acts chapter 4, the last, next to the last verse, there's this guy who got the name of Barnabas, but that wasn't his real name. That's just what the apostles called him, but he went by that name all the way. We're in Acts. We're starting in chapter 5, but we'll refer back to chapter 4 today on Exploring the Word. But this is Alex and Bird, and we're glad that you're joining us for Exploring the Word as we're going through the book of Acts. Alex, yesterday uh, we, we talked about what God had done and uh, the boldness of the of the apostles is they would say, we can't help but speak of the things that we have seen and heard. And then people just wanted to stay there in Jerusalem to be, to be discipled, to grow. But, you know, their resources was running low. And then some Christians stepped up. Listen to what they did. It says that in verse 34 of Acts 4, nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought them and proceeds to the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and distributed them as everyone had need. They really was trying to grow in the Lord there early on, and they knew they needed to stay close to, to the apostles to learn, didn't they? Well, they did, and, and Bert, it's good to be with you, good to be in Acts 4. You know, as you were queuing that up about people in the Bible that have had different names, I was thinking of a good Bible trivia question. Uh, who is named Joses, J-O-S-E-S, <laughs> yeah. not Joseph, and not Jesus, and not Justice, but uh, Barnabas, who uh, the apostles was surnamed uh, Barnabas, uh, so double names. But you know what? It, it's so interesting. Chapter 4 concludes, uh, the people having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. They were ministering together. They were holding things in common, but it was voluntary. It wasn't communism or any sort of socialism. Uh, you can't construe it to be that, but it was unity of purpose unity of heart, and and really a unity of obedience, too, wasn't it? It really was. You combine the words common and unity, and you get community. And, and that's Very exactly good. what they were doing because they wanted the unity, and they were sharing together. Some of them had greater resources. Some had no resources. And, and that's a theme throughout the Bible as well. You know, the little boy had five loaves, two fishes, what did Jesus do with that? Man, he used it and multiplied it and shared it with others. And so, but the end of chapter 4 really introduces chapter 5 uh, because uh, everybody took notice, and, and Barnabas was, you know, I think they identified him because he's going to be used later in a significant way, okay? And so yeah. I, I don't think he's the only one that did it. But notice where he was from, a Levite of Cyprus. Uh, on the missionary journey when they're sent out in Antioch in chapter 12 and following, guess where the first place they went? 
Cyprus. They went, Barnabas had a heart for it. And then in chapter 2, when, uh, not chapter 2, but in the second missionary journey, when Paul and Barnabas decided it'd be better for them to go on two different ways, guess what Barnabas did? He went back to Cyprus. He seemed to have a heart for his home country, Alex. Well, he really, really did. And, uh, you know, that's something that I think is very good, very appropriate to have a heart. Um, Remember, Paul said that my heart's desire for Israel, that they they would be saved. But um, Acts chapter 5 is very famous. A certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. Now, keep in mind, chapter 4 had concluded about land, people selling land, bringing, you know, it's kind of a capital campaign, and people are participating. So somehow or another, the church is young, the work of the gospel has not long been in process, and envy uh, has already crept in, you know, and maybe, maybe the desire for prominence. But they sold some land and kept back a part of the price. His wife Verse 2, also being privy to it, and brought a certain part. They, see, they sold a certain possession, and they brought a certain part, laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own, in thine own power? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but unto God." Well, Bert, first of all, he didn't have to sell it. It was voluntary. He didn't have to bring part of the money. Uh, And I know that um, just a a quick reading of the text might not reveal all of this, but let's understand that this man was not being forced to do this, but it was contrived so that he could make himself look big, wasn't it? It was. I think he saw how they, you know, I, I, I think they appreciated Barnabas and others, and they saw that. And uh, they wanted to be a part of that. You know, it's envy. Uh, And then that envy, if you're not careful, will turn to hypocrisy. And that's exactly what this is. And this is severe. Uh, uh, He and his wife both lose their life over such a thing. And a lot of people say, "Why, why so severe? Well, Alex, have you noticed at the beginning of things in the Bible, like I would say when David brought up the ark, uh, to toward to Jerusalem, and uh, it had been uh, uh, somewhere else, and they were transporting it by a cart, ox cart. They weren't mm-hmm. supposed to do it that way, you know. And uh, a high-o and others, he he, it was about to stumble and fall, and he put right. his hand on the ark and he died. You know, yeah. there seems to be. It, see if you agree. I I I know I've observed it. See if you've observed it and would comment on it. There seems to be some severe judgment in the beginning of something new. Uh, and, and let me set that up because if you were going to fly from New York to California and you started out in New York just a degree off, you know, in the direction and did not correct that, you'd miss Los Angeles. You'd probably be in the Pacific Ocean trying to land. So if something happens early on, in, in a ministry or anything, uh, if if it's off at the beginning, that means it's going to get off course quickly. And right. so God is, uh, I think the judgment here is pretty severe, but I think it's because he wanted to keep it as straight on as he could in the beginning. 
That, have well, you noticed that or thought uh, of that through the Bible? Verse 5, Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came upon all them that heard these things. Boy, that's the understatement. Here's a guy that's lied to the apostles, uh, put on a big show in front of people, and it, it's been about pride. It's been about, uh, you know, a, a, a carefully crafted narrative rather than the truth. And so he falls down and dies, but listen to this. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. It was about the space of three hours later when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together, you and your husband, conspired together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, found her dead, and carried her forth, and buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Goodness, I mean, it's, Bert, I don't, in no way do I want to make light of this, but it's almost funny. The guys come back from one burial, and now Sapphira, the dishonest wife, she too is dead. It's like, okay, one more funeral to do today. Um, Get ready to go dig another hole, guys, because this person is dead too. Great fear came upon all the church, as many as heard these things. Let me say we're free in Christ. We have every assurance of the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. But, Bert, at the same time, God is not to be trifled with. And, And the work of the Lord is not something we do for vainglory or posturing. Um, I think we need that fear and that reverence of God and his work again. I agree, Alex, and, and this is a fearful thing. And and again, the severity of their punishment, it is real. Uh, most folks would look at that and say, that seems mighty um, powerful for a kind of judgment like that. Again, I I want to go back. I think it has to do with with when it happened, Uh, because when certain things happened at certain times, it does more damage than it would at later times. And I understand that and know that. And God is not partial. There's no partiality in God. And so here's Ananias and Sapphira playing the part. As you said, they voluntarily sold their land. They could give it or keep it. They could give part of it. And so they gave some, but said they were giving it all. They were lying to the Holy Spirit. Now, Peter knew this. This seems to be what I would call a word of wisdom from the Holy Spirit, uh, that Peter would know this. It was revealed to him. It doesn't seem like everybody else knew it. Uh, there's no uh, there's no information that we have in the account that somebody who knew the truth came and whispered it in Peter's ear, you know, uh, it seems like it was revealed by God. Oh, yeah, it was completely yeah. revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, wasn't it? It was. And so here we find, uh, as you said, don't don't trifle with God. Don't The fear of God, yeah, it's respect for him, but it's knowing that he is holy. And uh, you better watch out when you are saying, I'm one of yours and I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, Alex, uh, I, well, I think we can make God too, I don't want to say too loving, because he, he, it's impossible, but he's not a mush God. Uh, have you no. ever heard that? He's not a mush God. 
Well, uh, it's like in the Chronicles of Narnia. Lucy is the character, and she loves Aslan the lion, and Aslan represents Jesus. And the other children, Peter, Susan, and Edmund, are wondering if they dare get close to Aslan the lion. And they said, is he safe? And Lucy says, of course not. He's not safe. He's a lion, but he's good. Amen. <laughs> and uh, let, let me say about God, um, God is good, but he's not safe, yep. at least in the sense you don't trifle with God. Verse 13, we're going to come back. I want to comment on verse 13 when we come back after this break. Can, can we do Let's that? Let's do that. We're going through chapter 5 of the book of Acts, and when you come back, we're going to look at more of Acts chapter 5. I think you'll enjoy it. Don't go away. We'll be more back with more of Exploring the Word. That's a great piece of music, and uh, we welcome you back to Exploring the Word. And yes, our hearts are singing of the goodness of God. Bert Harper, Alex McFarland, we're in Acts chapter 5. Hey, Bert, um, do, you, do you ever have some music that just so stirs your soul yep. and ministers that you just listen to it over and over? They are, and that's one of them. <clears throat> that's one of those that songs that I beautiful. find myself, he, and the other, he's a good, good father. Listen, yes. he is a good, good father. I love the one, My Chains Are Gone. It's gotten old now, but I still love that song, My Chains Are Gone. I've been set free. Amen, See, now, Alex. Now, folks, we're, we're a full-service Bible teaching <laughs> show. We will get in the Word of God, and we will make good music recommendations, yep. and uh, we'll tell you some songs that you can listen to, and it'll make you shout hallelujah. Yeah. There was one but, lady that called in. She said, I love you guys, the music y'all use to bring back in the programs. He said, they said, you need to put that on a CD. That says how old you know it's been long ago. But we, we try to select songs. They call it bumper music, the reintroduction, rejoin music, and uh, that ministers to people. And we hope yes. it does that. Hope it gets people to say, man, I'd like to hear the rest of that. And uh, it's, it's, that one is one of the classics. I'll agree. Amen. Now, before we resume uh, Acts chapter 5, um, Bert, I want you to share something that we've got as a resource, and this is very appropriate for this month. Yeah. Uh, my two favorite months of the year are May and June because springtime is coming and hot weather, and I love, I love June, but I don't like what a secular world has done with the month of June. Oh, yeah. Listen, <clears throat> the secular world, they always try to steal, kill, and destroy just like uh, Satan does. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So yeah. pride month, what does that tell you? God resists the what? Proud. Proud. That's a pride. And, but AFR wants to help people uh, be able to give an answer of the faith that they have, why uh, this, this LGBTQ alphabet, all that is wrong, and, and two resources that are available. And you can go and find this at streaming.afa.net. That's streaming.afa.net. And it's free. 
and you can <clears throat> listen to practical ways to minister to the sexually broken. This is in a way there's some people out there that are hurting. They're not on the agenda of trying to to make their way known and, and everything. They're caught in sin the way other people are caught into some other sins. And it is a way to help them, practical ways to minister to the sexually broken. But on the other hand, there's those that are pushing what is called gay Christianity. Now, again, I don't throw the word gay around because it's another one of those words that Satan has stolen to give to them uh, something. It's not gay. It's sad. And I I say that with truthfully, with a broken heart. Uh, It's sad Christianity. It's really not Christianity at all. Right. The theological era of gay Christianity is available as well. The theological era of gay Christianity. And so I think this would be worth your time to have an answer and help for people uh, again. And this is the month of June, and we're trying to help people to be equipped to live in this present world. So those are the resources that are available, Alex. Well, amen. And listen, everything done by the uh, the American Family Association Resource Center and people like M.D. Perkins and Ed Vitagliano and all of the great the the academics that help produce these things, it is all top drawer, and I would urge people to check into these wonderful resources. But, um, hey, here's the thing. It, we're back in Acts chapter 5, and by the way, folks, the telephone number we're going to take Calls and Bible questions in a few moments. The number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Verse 13 says that, look, after Ananias and Sapphira fell dead, and Peter said, look, you've not lied to man but unto God. By the way, there's a little covert reference to the deity of the Holy Spirit in verse 3. Peter said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost. Okay, you've you've betrayed the Spirit of God, lied to the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, you've not lied to man, but unto God. Therefore, in Acts 5, 3, and 4, you see that the Holy Spirit is fully God, every bit as much as the Father and the Son. But after all this, it says, no man joined himself to them, but the people magnified them. Okay, word gets out, um, you, you lie to God, you lie to the apostles, you might fall dead. <laughs> and it says, no man, the King James durst, D-U-R-S-T, and of the rest durst no man join himself to them. It really means no man dared. People weren't saddling up saying, oh boy, I, I think I'll become a preacher. Oh boy, I'm going to be with Simon and I'll succeed. No, people were really thinking long and hard before they just rushed into trifling with this thing called Christianity. But here, the people, the people who were serious about Christ, they glorified God and magnified. Now, Bert, I just think people ought to, as soberly as any decision you ever make, realize that if you're going to come into Christianity, you're, you're doing it with a pure heart and a full commitment. I agree. And matter of fact, over in the book of Corinthians, when they're partaking of the Lord's Supper, it says some of them are sick and others have died because they took the Lord's Supper in an inappropriate manner. Listen, uh, death is a reality, and early death for the Christian that is out of fellowship is a real possibility. And uh, we don't know why. It's not us. It's not, not our judgment. In here, we're reporting what God did. 
and uh, I have my thoughts of why it happened so quickly. But again, that's that's that. But we know it did happen. Uh, will God do it again? Well, there's nothing keeping him from doing that again to somebody that would pay, play the hypocrite, act like there's something when they aren't doing anything right, when they're lying to the Holy Spirit. And so notice what happens here. They didn't dare join Simon, Peter, and them when they were preaching. But guess what? Even though they had seen this and great fear had fallen on them, it says in 14, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord multitudes of both men and women. Now, Alex, again, the power of the Holy Spirit of God in people's life to convict them of sin, to draw them to the Lord Jesus Christ, and them responded, it was happening here in the early church. Even though they knew, hey, we can't trifle with this. We can't fool God. He knows everything that's hidden in our heart. It's made available to him. We're going to follow him. And that's what they chose to do, Alex. And it was a beautiful thing. And it didn't stop there. They brought sick people. They brought diseased people. Yes. Laid them there. And even they wanted Peter Shatter to fall upon them. Yes, you that's know? amazing. I know, verse, verse 15. 15. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, people are getting saved, men and women, multitudes. It says they brought the sick and beds of, uh, you know, like a, a pallet almost, or, a, you know, a, a gurney. And even if Peter's shadow passed over somebody, they would be healed. Well, so much so, um, you've heard of a laying on of hands. Well, in verse 18, there's going to be a, a, a laying on of hands service here, but this is not impartation. <laughs> uh, the, the, the high priest rose up and the Sadducees, and they were indignant. They're angry. They, they hate this is going on. And they laid their hands on the apostles, and they didn't put them in the ministry. They put them in prison. Bert, I, I've, been on, I've been in some laying on of hand service, but this is a different kind of thing, isn't it? This is different. And uh, so they're laying on hands for evil. And this yeah. is, they wanted it to stop. They'd already said, stop this. That took place in chapter 4. And here it is again in chapter 5. And uh, there's, this is an interesting chapter. We're going to have to get to it because I think it'd be good to have all this in one day because it all fits together so well. So the Sadducees are the ringleaders. They're not filled with the Holy Spirit. They're filled with indignation. I could not help but contrast that, Alex. While those were filled with the Holy Spirit of God, they were sharing their resources. They were using their gifts. The Spirit of God was falling on people. Those that were against God were filled with indignation. They laid their hands on the apostles. They put them in a common prison. Verse 19, I love this. But, oh, yeah. but God, but at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors, brought them out, and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Now, real quickly, I'm not going to take a lot of time. He didn't yeah. say go run and hide. He said go and go back to where you got into trouble. You know, yes. uh, this uh, has happened again and again in the book of Acts. They said, don't you speak anymore in Jesus' name. What did they do? They spoke in Jesus' name. Get out of here. Don't go to the temple. But where did they go? Back to the temple where they were arrested. This is powerful. Well, I've got to say two things. Um there was a story in my family that was kind of legendary. My mother had some cousins. They lived in a town called Burlington, North Carolina. And some of you that know North Carolina geography, you might know this. Well, this is 
years before I was born, so this is decades ago. But apparently, the, these cousins had a son that was very troublesome, and he, they couldn't do anything with him. So they took him up to, to uh, Hargrave Military Academy in Virginia, and they said, we're going to put you in the military academy. And he said, oh, I don't want to do that. And they said, no, we got to get you straightened out. So the, on a Saturday, they drove him. It was like a three- or four-hour drive, and they dropped him off. And the mom and dad go to drive home back to Burlington, North Carolina, and they stopped on the way home and got some dinner, and they finally made it back at dark. Well, he, he was sitting on the front steps waiting for him. He had escaped, and he hitchhiked home. And that was kind of a legendary story. And it reminds me, and I don't mean to be flippant, but you'll see where I'm going, Ernest T. Bass in, on Andy Griffith. Andy and Barney lock up Ernest T. in the cell and then Barney goes over to the diner to eat breakfast, and there's a man reading a paper, and Barney says, hand me the salt and pepper, please, and the man behind the paper does, and it's Ernest T. who's escaped. <laughs> uh, amazing. Well, all right, they lock up Peter and the apostles, but the angel of the Lord opens the doors and, and says, go out there in the temple in the open area and speak the words of life, which they do. And, and by the time you look down there at verse 28, you can see the indignation, the shock. It's like, hey, I thought we locked you guys up, and here you're back street preaching again. Did we not straightly command you not to teach in his name? And behold, and by the way, this is a compliment, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Now, that was a, that was be... were they bragging on them or were they was that complaining now? <laughs> it was a complaint. It's a compliment. Amen. We, one last thing. Billy Graham, the great Billy Graham in the fifties, preaching the simple gospel message, and some of the big PhDs and theologians, they said, You've set the church back fifty years. And Billy Graham said, Well, I was hoping to set it back two thousand years. Amen. Back Amen. to the simple public proclamation of salvation through Jesus. Amen, Alex. And again, the complaints of the world many times are compliments to God's people. And uh, listen, let's stay in there, obey God. And Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Now, all of you that have Bibles and you underline or highlight, highlight those verses. We ought to obey God rather than man. Sometimes you have to choose. You go with God. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus. Now, notice this, man. They're, they're, they, they're getting more into trouble. Whom you murdered by hanging on yeah. the tree. And and he uses that you. I was taught uh, in preaching class, uh, Alex, you know, make it practical. Make it personal. So sometimes it is you who has fallen. It is you who needs to get right with God. And he said, you murdered him by hanging on tree. Him, God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Now, Alex, mm. they're standing strong. They're standing in the power of the Holy Spirit. They're standing on the word of God. Has that changed? Do we still need to stand the same way? We still need to stand on the word of God. We still need to be obedient. We still need to proclaim. And let me just say one of my core values, that every believer view the Great Commission with a sense of personal involvement. 
Don't don't you agree? Agreed. Every one of us to this day understand the quote making disciples of all nations. We all play a role in that. And we find out they're going to bring them up. They were furious. They took counsel to kill them. But Gamaliel, a Pharisee who Paul studied under, he said, no, wait a minute. He gave two examples of people who had a following, but they faded away. And here he finally comes to this decision. He says, you know what we need to do? We need to wait a little while. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. This is verse 38. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. Gamaliel spoke truth, didn't he? He really did. I mean, the the the, the principle here, this was so, he was a very wise man. And they, a lot of people said, uh, you know, well, maybe this admonition is, is worth it. Uh, verse 40 says, to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. But look at verse 42. What did they do? Daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to preach and teach <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. They rejoiced. Notice verse 41. They rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer. Yeah. Alex, uh, we in America, we've we've done... We've had it made for so long as Christians. Time may change, but we have brothers and sisters in North Korea, China, India, Saudi Arabia, uh, Iran. They are suffering and they're rejoicing that they have been found worthy. Let's pray for them. Hey, do you want to uh, take phone calls next segment, Alex? Let's do it, folks. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. When we come back, we'll have the phones answered. So you give us a call with your question, and we'd love to talk with you. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. You're my defender. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bird and Alex with you, and it's time for phone calls, and people have called in. The lines are lit up, so we're going to go to the phone lines as soon as we can. So, Alex, I'm throwing it to you. You ready to – where's our first phone call from? Well, uh, we got to get well, – they turn red. Here we go. We're going to go to Pam in Georgia. Pam, thanks for holding. You're our first caller on today's edition of Exploring the Word. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I am looking for a verse or a, a text in the Old Testament, and I've read it before, and I don't know where it is, but what it's talking about is how God is uh, talking about when he will look down on the, I believe it's on the blood that's on the ark or the sacrifice that's made, something like how he will look down and he will not see the sins, but because of the blood, you know, he will not see the sins. It's kind of like the blood is the barrier. Um, does, does that sound familiar to you, the passage I'm trying to refer to? It does, Pam, and it's called the mercy seat. I'm trying to remember exactly where it is, Alex. I, knowing you, you'll find it or know it already, but it says when he looks at the blood of the mercy seat, that's what it is, and the mercy seat was part of the ark. And uh, and and again, Alex, you found that yet? 
Uh, you know, I haven't. It, isn't it in the book of Revelation? I, forgive me, for I should know this. You yeah, know, I think um, it's in the Old Testament. If I'm not, I'm going to see if I can find it. But, no, or, but that comes back from the Exodus, though, the blood on the doorpost, doesn't it? it that's the well, origin it, of it. It does. Um, you know, what I was thinking was in Revelation eleven nineteen, where it talks about God's temple in heaven was open, and within his temple was seen the Ark of the Covenant. So we've got a, a reference to the Ark of the Covenant in uh, heaven, actually. But um, yeah, I thought the caller was going to ask about the last mention where, you know, Josiah had the caretakers of the Ark return it to Jerusalem. That's in Second Kings chapter 23. Um, but the, the concept is that Jesus um, took his blood, the, the blood of atonement, and, you know, the, the lid or the, the top of the Ark of the Covenant was where the blood was sprinkled to be the turning away of wrath, the propitiation for our sins. Do you have that verse? Okay, yet, here's, here's the one I was thinking about. It's not okay. exactly like that. Uh, Pam, but it's in Exodus chapter 25, and uh, it says, You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And and this is different, and it was. It's not the one I was thinking. And there I will meet with you, and I'll speak with you from above the mercy seat. Now, that's what I thought about. This is where God meets us at the mercy seat. doesn't say about the blood. But this is where the blood would be sprinkled when the high priest would come in once a year. But I love that passage. I've got it highlighted in Mark. I will speak to you. I will meet you. Exodus 25, verses 21 and 22. Pam, thanks for calling. hope that helps, begins to put you on the right track. Jay in Texas. Uh, Jay, welcome to Exploring the Word. Yes, my question is that... uh, since when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, introduced by God, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. He used the Holy Spirit uh, throughout his ministry for task-specific purposes, where he would give it to the disciples for a short period of time. But then at, the, at his ascension uh, from the Mount of Olives, uh, he said, I have to go, and when I do, I will have God send the Holy Spirit to baptize you permanently. Uh, why Why did Jesus have to ascend to heaven for them to be able to have the Holy Spirit since he had already had it here on earth and already used it in his ministry with the disciples? Okay, Jay, great question. Listen, that is a great question in my opinion, Alex. The, uh, yes, the Holy Spirit would come during Jesus' ministry. It seems he would come and go, come and go. He would come and speak and go. But it's Alex. I'm just saying that it seems like there needs to be two of the Trinity in heaven, uh, kind of at the same time, and one working, uh, uh, you know, since the creation, w- working on earth. I, I the, now the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament would come upon people and leave. You know, the Holy Spirit would come upon Samson and then he'd go. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in believers, doesn't he? That's true, and I would encourage you to read uh, John 15 and 16, especially uh, like John 15, 26, and then John 16, 13 and following. Now, here's the thing. Um, I do think, like like you say, um, regarding the nature of God, um, there are always two members of the Trinity present in heaven, 
And we know God is omnipresent, and God is transcendent. He is everywhere. God, God is present in every fiber of reality. But while Christ, the incarnate Lord, was ministering here on earth, the Father and the Spirit were in heaven. Jesus ascended to the Father and sent the Spirit. So it's part of the nature of reality. But one other thing, part of the new covenant, the new covenant um, that we are saved through faith in Jesus and the work that he did. But then, as you said, the Spirit of God indwells the believer. Now, you know, remember Samson, the Spirit of God left him, and he didn't even realize it. In the old covenant, the Spirit would come upon people and then leave. But in this new covenant, after the ascension, the Spirit came and the Spirit now indwells. So to the caller's question, Bert, it's part of how God is interacting with people. Because, see, the ministries of the Holy Spirit at this point, conviction, regeneration, indwelling, sealing, um, just as salvation has many facets, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer and in the life of the church is multifaceted too, isn't it, Bert? It really is. Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. So he said to the Father, I've completed the task that you have given me. I don't know how to say this other than this, uh, Jay. He had completed what God had given him, and he went back. And according to Philippians chapter 2, he went back, and God has given him a name higher than any other name. Uh, Now, this is just boggles my mind. He left with a high name, but when he went back, he had a higher name, Alex. You know, that's, that's what the Bible talks about and obedience to death, even the death of the cross. So Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, Jay, making intercession for us. So he's not just sitting and waiting. He is active. He stood when Stephen was uh, was stoned. So Jesus is interceding in heaven at the right hand of the Father. That's his position of ministry now. The position of the Holy Spirit's ministry now is here on earth in believers. Amen. Well, Acts 10 says Cornelius, a centurion, was a worshiper of God. We have on the phone Cornelius of Louisiana. Welcome, Cornelius. Oh, okay. I I couldn't hear. I had cut my radio back on. I lost contact. But look, God bless you, Bert and Alex. And my question, I just told a call screener. I used to believe in the rapture and stuff. But to me, if the first century church went through persecution and everything, I believe the 21st century church is because of all the things that's been going on. I believe these aliens and stuff and all this stuff that the Air Force and stuff's about to expose are fallen angels, the watchers of old. And so they're going to say, well, we made all of y'all. And God didn't mm-hmm. make you. We did. With this artificial intelligence, which I believe is antichrist intelligence, I, I just think that we're getting ready. And we've gone cashless here in uh, Alexandria, Louisiana, and New Orleans. So, Yeah. Oh, Cornelius, yeah. Cornel- thank you for your call. It, I think it's well taken. Let me just share this with you. Uh, just because Alex and I believe in the rapture does not believe we will not face troubles and difficulties and persecution. Our brothers, if you have a view of Christianity only from America, uh, you're, you you need to expand that. Now, I'm not saying don't be unpatriotic. We're patriotic here. But I am telling you, we've got brothers and sisters in the world today 
that are they're losing their lives. We've just been protected here in America. There were more believers that died in the 20th century, that 100 years, than all the 1900s, uh, 19th centuries beforehand, Alex. That's how many believers died in in the years uh, 19,000 from 101 to 2000. And so yeah. rapture is not necessarily escape from persecution. Right. It's escape from the punishment of God that he gives onto the world. Go ahead, yeah, brother. Exactly. I, I do believe in the rapture, Cornelius, but I also believe that we have pressures and persecutions, and uh, I think we're feeling some of them right now even. Uh, Rob in Texas. Rob, thanks for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, good to talk with you fellows again. I appreciate y'all's program. I was watching John MacArthur on a very short segment just the other day, and he was talking about some of these people that uh, we don't have to go very far to see these days. And John MacArthur described them as having a reprobate mind, which is why you couldn't reason with them or use logic with them. And my wife and I got to having a conversation. The question is, once once God has given someone over to a reprobate mind, is there any hope of redeeming that, that person? Uh, let me say this, Rob, real quick, Alex. We've got a lot of calls, so we want to get to them. I, I want to tell you, I... I would not say anybody is so far away, but I want to tell you, it's mighty close. God it can intervene in anybody's life, but the further you go away from God, the more difficult it is to turn around and come to God. Uh, nobody should go that way. I hope I yeah. hope there's hope for them, Alex, but I, I'll guarantee you one thing. it uh, When you read Romans chapter 1, it uh, looks like they have gone away, way, way, away from God, doesn't it? it? It does. This is Romans one twenty-eight, and the word translated reprobate is really also translated depraved, and here's what it means. It means unapproved, or literally, in the Greek lexicon, fail to pass the test. Now, uh, I, I think, and I'm going to say what Hal Lindsey said. He said there are people that one day they are savable, and one day they've crossed a line, and they're unsavable. Maybe they're not dead yet, but they have said no to the promptings of the Holy Spirit the last time. And some of these people that are that they're on these bandwagons of LGBTQ trans, all this anti-reality delusion, I think they're they're playing with their eternal soul, and they don't even know it. That's right. Uh, William in Miss Mississippi. William, thank you for holding. Welcome. Uh, thank you. Yes, welcome. Hello. Yeah, go ahead, William. No, I'd just like to know a question. Um, did you tell me, do you believe that a person can lie to the Lord and go to heaven? And the reason why I'm asking that question because you have ministers speaking that Ananias the forest, they lied to the Holy Spirit, but they didn't lose their salvation. They just went to heaven. Okay. Alex, had not got a lot of time to answer that, so we can try to get to the last caller. Yeah, Ananias and Sapphira, they, they died when they were struck dead. Uh, huh. Bert, here's a question, and I don't know that we have enough to know. It. Was Were they unsaved, or was this simply a sin unto death? Yeah, that's you, the you trouble. Know? We don't know for sure. That's the reason it's such a dangerous thing to that we can judge actions all day long. God wants us to do that, but judging the heart of people— Alex, uh, 
I, I don't mean to take an easy way out, but I don't have what it takes to judge all their motives, brother. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But uh, let me say uh, the Acts 5, we want to know that we're not walking in the footsteps of Ananias and Sapphira. We, we want to be like verse 11, and fear and reverence came upon the church, and the heartfelt desire to obey God and be honest and forthright. That's right. Uh, chance. Uh, chance in Texas. Thanks for holding. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for taking my call, gentlemen. Uh, I had a question uh, that I couldn't answer for a friend of mine who was asking about Bible stuff. He asked if uh, if my dad went to heaven and I didn't make it, would I would my dad miss me? And I was just trying to get some clarification on that. Okay. Let me say something. Go ahead, Alex. And yeah. burn on thirty. First of all, and and Chance, God bless you. Thanks for the question. But I was whenever anybody says, "Do I make it to heaven?" Um, it almost sounds like we try, and you know, somebody gets seventy-five percent of the way there, and somebody gets eighty percent. Look, uh, the only way any of us go to heaven, and it's not a roll of the dice or making it. If you put your faith in Jesus, you are in Christ, and John six forty says He will raise you up to heaven at the last day. So let's just remember, Bert. None of us tr- quote try to make it to heaven. If you are born again through Jesus, you will guaranteed go to heaven. Amen. But Good word. What about the loved ones there, Bert? Well, I honestly believe, regardless if if we're there, he's going to wipe away every tear. That's what it says. No tears in heaven. That's really not a true statement. It says he wipes away the tears. Now, what will those tears be about, Alex? We don't know that for sure. Is it about the loved ones that we did not? Do you remember the rich man that went to hell? Now, in hell, he remembered his five brothers, and he wanted to go back and tell them the truth. Is that true in heaven with those in heaven? Say, man, I wished I had have shared more truth with my brother or my sister. We will have the mind of Christ. And so yeah. when he wipes it away, Alex, I think we're all right. And uh, I don't know exactly how to be, but he'll make it right. Yes, he will. He really will. Folks, but this is a somber, serious thing. We want to make sure that we know the Lord and are saved, and then we want to do our utmost that our loved ones all around us would come to to Christ as well. But we'll be with Jesus, and that will be joy eternally. Bert, what a good show today with great calls. It really was. We thank you guys. Uh, Most of the time, Alex and I wonder if we've had a good show. Guess what usually determines the calls? And y'all did great today, and we appreciate those calls. And we're going to be back tomorrow with Acts chapter 6, the church overcoming another obstacle. That's what it does. So join us on Exploring the Word tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.